Hello and welcome to Podcast of a Lincoln Geek. I am the Podcaster General, Dan. Hello, world. I'm joined by my uh, regular co-hosts and friends. Uh, I have the talent, Mr. Chris. Hello. I am a little bit froggy, but yes, I'm here. And we have my regular co-host as well, Giorgio. Giorgio, the world's lawyer is here and tell you all. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent intro. Well done, guys. Yeah, what are we doing today, Dan? Well, I'm, I'm about to reveal this for you, good Sir George. Our topic today is what are our top 10 board games of all time? Dum dum dum! For clarity, this is of all time as of today's day. I'm sure that there will be some spectacular thing if you're coming back <laughs> in 10 years that will have massively eradicated this list. Quite possibly. I'm sure our future selves may look back on this one day and think we we're fools. But yes, of course, this is just in the uh, present day. 10 years time, we could always do a hot tub time machine and go back and correct ourselves. <laughs> Correct the timelines, and it was quite, quite, quite hard choice for me actually. Narrow it down to just ten. I don't know about you guys. It's tough. There was a very interesting sweet spot where there's like it's very easy to fill like the first five to seven, and then you start going ooh. Mm. It's a tricky uh, one as to how how to fill out the rest of it. Okay, well, if you guys like, I shall do the first number ten. My number ten is Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, solid choice. Yep, it's one, my, choice. one of my uh, kind of first modern games I've got. Dungeons and Dragons theme, but it's not necessary for the game at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I feel that the theme does add to the experience. I just love the game. It's a, very, it's a fairly non-complex worker placement game, but there's loads of cool abilities you can do. There's loads of uh, fun quests to complete. I find it's always usually a very close game as well. But also, it's not a, one of the more complicated worker placement games. Yeah. So it almost becomes a bit of a gateway worker place game as well, because because it is easy to learn. If I was going to introduce someone to the genre of worker placement games, I would pick Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, and yeah it, even, even if it is kind of a gateway-ishy game, kind of fairly light compared to some of the, the more beastly ones we've probably played these days, I still yeah. enjoy it now. I still have fun with it. Oh, I love it. Even if it is one of the simpler ones. And there's a great digital version of it as well. So, oh, brilliant. And, yeah. and the expansions are fantastic as well. The expansions add a lot to the game. Loads of new yeah. locations, new abilities. That is my number 10. Who wants to go next? I'll jump in for mine. It's a sneaky little way of getting more than 10 into my top 10, but I, I consider them all basically the same game. The Forbidden Trilogy. So that's Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Sky. Which would be your favourite of the three, if you had to pick one? <sighs> or is it hard to pick? That's why you've... They're all more or less the same, but all slightly different. And they were certainly a great introduction to co-op games for me. Love the story across the series. And they're a good, solid representation of the cooperative game genre. Yeah, that's a solid choice for number 10, even if it's slightly cheating, George. I'll let you off. If I had to pick one of them, I'd pick Desert, because it's the, f- the one we first bought for ourselves. Yeah, that's got the nostalgia points. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mr. Chris, what's your number 10? Okay, okay, so my number 10 is one of the first Kickstarters I actually really kicked back to quite uh, a high level. For me, number 10 is Board Real the Island Survival Card Game. You and your friends are basically stranded on a desert island, and there's only one rule, last man standing, of course, with any kind of Board Royale style game. It's just a really nice, simple, straightforward card game. There's resources, you know, items you can craft and challenge each other. You can trade, you can deal in collaborations. It's got a little bit of everything, and I love it. Yeah, I've played a good number of games of that. I like it, it's interesting, it's just not 
personally might I think it, to me it's gone a bit too more on the comical versus anime I was hoping it was going to be more a hardcore survival game as opposed to too cartoonish for you too, too tongue in cheek or something or yeah I prefer a grittier version of it as opposed to the slightly more Tom and Jerry version than I feel like it is but <laughs> I'm just imagining kind of slapstick dropping anvils on each other's head now in this island and stuff for what's supposed to be a survival game of the finding stuff and surviving in a battle royale scenario some of the equipment that you can get just doesn't line up with things that you would make or find yeah I, just... I suppose so but i think that's based down on on the expansions add on what i would call what you would say those slapstick elements um, yes base base game is all right but that was another 10 so moving us swiftly on over to number nine so um i'm gonna really go out there and, and go talisman Oh, controversial choice. Yeah. I would definitely file that under guilty pleasures. But I still love it. It's got replayability. It's just a bit of fun. To be honest, I quite like Talisman, but I feel like it needs to be the right kind of game tonight for it. I feel it's one where you need to be drunk. <laughs> you have to be in the mood for it, without yeah, a doubt, because definitely. it's not a short game. For what is essentially a prolonged roll and move game, there's some lots of hilarious things in there, and it's good fun, but... Yeah. Exactly. It's just good, wholesome fun. I'd class it as more of a family game. Like I said, George, it's kind of relatively simple roll and move, but it's the scenarios it creates, which is quite funny. I feel this is a game you just do not take seriously because you could be doing really well on the verge of winning and then you get turned into a frog and then someone steps on you and you die and you have to start again. (laughs) (laughs) So so do not play Talisman with the aim of winning, just play to have fun, I would probably say. That was the controversial choice for number nine, but each to their own, Chris. How about you, Mr. George? My entry at number nine is a specific two-player game, although most of you will know it as a party game. Codenames Duet. Lovely little game. It's a cooperative two-player version of the game Codenames. Never thought that they'd be able to turn an obvious party game into such a simple little two-player game. You've got the same principle of you've got your grid of five by five of words in the middle, and you've got your spy master sheet. But the difference is this time the spy master sheets are double sided, so and you've each got a set of people that you're trying to get the others to guess. That is interesting. You, you and you, you're doing it against the clock. Great party game, I and mean, we I suppose we need a party game on the list, and you've got a, a two player version of it as the pop. Yeah. yeah, sticking to kind of a, a game that's designed for a bigger player count. Number nine is. Secret Hitler. Solid choice. Solid choice. I feel it's um, just a very good social deduction game. It doesn't take too long. I feel like it's resistance, but with an additional layer to it. There's an extra layer of strategy. Oh, yeah. It's definitely better than resistance. Obviously, the theme is a bit controversial. I wouldn't recommend playing it in a cafe or a restaurant. We might have people look at you a bit weird when you accuse each other of being Hitler. But apart from that... (laughs) Fascist lizard overlord. You're just a fascist lizard overlord. Yeah, I mean, you can put any theme on you want it, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, I've seen some, like, Star Wars themes, like uh, Secret Sith. Like, instead of Hitler, one of you is uh, Palpatine. It's a, a great game. It, it plays relatively quickly. In about half an hour, I'd say, is the average playtime. You'll have fun either killing Hitler or seizing power over World War II Germany. Whatever floats your boat. Moving swiftly on to number eight. And that's my dramatic voiceover there. I hope you like it, guys. I think, George, you're up next. What's your number eight? My number eight has dropped down my number ten over the years. And it's still in there. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Ooh. One of your early reviews as well, George. Yeah, I say I know it's not everyone's taste, it, but it, it's a wonderful little fanatic game. If it weren't for the fact we always have a Halloween party to go to, I would love to host Halloween Games Night and have, just break it out, get the huge house built on the table, and have those epic, silly monster movie 
Madness Knights, and the number of stories you can tell with it, the amount of replayability and modularity. Yeah, literally no game's ever the same, is it? You might never need to buy another game again if you love that sort of, <laughs> um, yeah, sort of genre. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, solid choice. I mean, again, a shame. It's one I haven't actually played yet, but I've always wanted to. Next Halloween, you've got an invite to George's. There you go, I guess so. Yep. <laughs> it's one I've heard a lot about, though. I've heard it's kind of controversial because it's one of the most hilariously unbalanced games. Oh, God. It can be so unbalanced, it's untrue, but it's hilariously unbalanced yeah. when it yeah. happens. Yeah. Like some other potential choices that may be on the list, you don't play it because you, you treat it like a Euro game. It is full-blown Ameritrash storytelling. Yes, brilliant. Mm. I think it's me next again now. My number eight is... Deception, murder in Hong Kong. Oh, solid choice, solid choice. Another social deduction one, and this just pipped a secret Hitler to the post, really, for number eight spot. Just because every game I've played this, everyone's had fun. Even if you are not very comfortable about being the traitor in a game, say if you don't particularly like lying, Deception is one of the few games that actually gives you stuff to still talk about. You can still, like, analyse the evidence in front of the other players. You don't just have to make stuff up from scratch. There's one specific feature, I think, that sets Deception out in the social deduction genre, which I know it's technically, you could enforce this rule in every other game, but the fact that it's hard written in the rule book, but everyone has an uninterrupted 30 second pitch every round. Yeah, everyone gets their say, because a lot of games you tend to have, not alpha gamers maybe, but more kind of um, more dominant personalities that may just talk over people. Deception actually caters for this mm. and allows people to have an un- uninterrupted uh, little uh, monologue saying who they think the killer is. And It's one I've still not played. For shame, but I've heard everyone talk about it, so it's definitely one on my list to, to play at some point. I feel this is uh, one of the better, best ones I've played, just because it does have a couple of extra layers, and if, if you're not particularly comfortable about being the traitor, then this will give you like stuff to talk about so you don't just stutter. And not many other games do that, and I think it's pretty good. Chris, you next? My number eight. Well, my number eight is One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Hey! I love the fact that there's an app, so poor Dan, when we've played, doesn't have to do be the his, narrator uh, narrator yeah for that uh, one night ultimate werewolf is hilarious though yeah it's really good it plays well it's easy to teach yeah everyone gets involved whether you're crap at these or not because you're with other players who are potential werewolves so you're not by yourself it is the game of ultimate chaos. Cards move around during the night. You could think you're a werewolf when actually you're not a werewolf because someone's moved your card. I am absolutely rubbish at these style games, but I still like it and it made it into my top 10. Just a quick shout out to One Night Ultimate Alien as well. <laughs> one Night Werewolf, One Night Alien, One Night Vampire. You can mix them all together to have the most chaotic game experience ever created. Yeah, uh, I won't be doing that. <laughs> Literally 14 games. Humans versus vam- vampires versus werewolves versus aliens. It is insane. I think it's back to me now for number seven. Seven? I don't think you guys have played this one. I keep nagging people to play, but no one's actually played yet. It's Spirit Island. I, I mean, I've heard you talk about it a lot. I've read lots of things. It sounds good. I just It just didn't tickle my ooh spot. <laughs> Your ooh spot. <laughs> Going into the co-op section for me now, like a pandemic style game it's got a really cool theme you're basically playing just like um well these spirits living on this island as the title implies and and it's been invaded by settlers 
it's kind of like anti-settlers of Catan because you're basically trying to repel these humans, these people off your island because they come on and they start polluting and they start damaging the island and you just kind of do all these supernatural powers to push them off or scare them away. That's where they go back home again. There's loads of different spirits you can play as and you can play as multiple spirits and the powers kind of sync really nicely with each other. Like you've got like river spirits, you can like flood people's villages, fire spirits, lightning spirits, you've got earth spirits, so you're literally just smashing these settlers' houses. Yeah, it's just it's a really cool theme and there's so many different extra modules you can apply to it to add different challenges there's tons of different modes there's expansions i've just every game i've played it has just been completely different it also has a digital version as well it does it It doesn't i think one of the reasons it's hard to get people to play this game is because the steam version that i mainly use to play it on is a single player only which is gutting so unless they find a good version on some other platform like tabletop simulator or something like that then it's hard to get other people to play the game but i i I think this is pandemic with uh, loads of extra bells and whistles and a pretty fun theme as well. So that would be my number seven, Spirit Island. Uh, I think next would be Chris, I believe. We all know our upper deck builders, and this time it's Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Hey, I, I thought that was going to be high on your list, Chris. Yeah, but there's other games that beat in it, Ooh, but it definitely needs to be in this list because it's got so much replayability. Trying to beat the dark art cards can be really, really tricky, specifically when they come out in combinations with the other dark arts characters. Yeah. It's harsh. And, and my missus likes it as well. Games score well with me when, you know, there's high replayability and play factor from from my other half because when i'm not with you guys playing games it is me and the missus and you know games need to have that appeal and interest to her as well yeah so it's why it's on my list good choice and it's got a very strong theme obviously i think they missed a trick with making a proper legacy deck builder so your cards carry on from year to year yeah i'd have preferred that to be a version where there was a legacy element to it but they could make a legacy element to it very easily without ruining the core mechanic behind it. Yeah, I've heard that the villains from the earlier seasons of Harry Potter stay around as well into the later parts of the story. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that would make my eye twitch a little bit, like cannon breaking. But I'm sure they have to do that for balance reasons, don't they? No. As as it progressively gets harder, while you've got a bigger array of cards to choose from because you get you you know you've got new things to learn and put in your decks, you've got more than one person to deal with. Yeah. So in year seven, you have three people to out at any one time rather than just being one like it is at the very start i see and it's when you've got rid of them all then you have to deal with voldemort it's it's hard yes it is hard it is not an easy game and that's why cooperatively if everyone works well together and really kind of refines their cards and their decks to their characters this synergy works and george you're number seven my seven seven lovely little game uh from paperboat games i love his friends there a snapshot, lovely little family game, really simple, easy to learn, loads of strategy. It's small and portable, just throw it in your backpack, play it anywhere. I love it. Do you agree with his ranking there, Chris? Or I'm going to save my comments. So <gasps> it, it must be controversial, George. Maybe, maybe. I might as well carry on and give you my number six. Go for it, number six. But I suspect this one probably will be slightly controversial with you guys, especially given its age, but I, I think it's aging well. That's Carcassonne. I get why it's on the list. And I looked at my copy and I was just thinking, compared to everything else, when did I last play it? Which is why it didn't make it to my list. We play it quite regularly. I like it. We've got loads of the expansions as well, so you can mix and match and 
play loads of slightly different elements of the game and I, I love it. It's definitely one of the kind of the modern classics, isn't it? I love the strategy in it. I think it ages well. It still holds up as a good solid strategy game now. It's the cult classic now that it's if you see it someone playing it, people know that what it is and people want to come talk to you and yeah. I think it's it's a nice game. How can we not have the game that spawns the word meeple? <laughs> That's true. true. I feel like we should respect the game for that. For mine, this would probably irritate George. My number six is Eclipse. It's in your top ten, huh? It's on the top ten. Just inched out of the top five, which is why I thought it might be controversial. No, I, I, it makes sense. Considering I think I know some of your top five, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Eclipse is just it's a, it's a lovely forex uh, game. Uh, what do the forex stand for, George? So, <laughs> exploration, <laughs> expansion, yep. exploitation, and extermination. That's correct. You've got a range of races to play as, all with different pros and cons. You can invest in being really warlike, or advancing your technology levels, or just, just expanding and conquer, conquering the galaxy. So, it's a really fun game. I probably would have put it higher on the list, but I feel like it's not a particularly accessible game. It can be very intimidating to new players, I think. You're presented with so many options, it's really hard to know which is the best one. But I feel like once you've got a selection of experienced players, you can usually have a really good time trying to take over the galaxy. <laughs> so I would put that at number six. Mr. Chris, what's your number six? It's one of my more recent purchases. It's got to be Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh, that is a recent one. I can't wait to get it back because Dino Girl is currently borrowing it because she was so desperate to do the review and I bumped her being the person who has the copy within the group. I'm letting her do the review, but it's my game and it's coming back to me and I can't wait because I want to play it again. It's brilliant. I love it. I've seen some controversial things said about it out, out on the internet. Some people are saying it's just like a combat uh, and just, you know, you're just fighting the monsters. Yeah, and what's wrong with that? <laughs> if that ticks your boxes, then go for it. Yeah. I know that it's a bit polarising in the community. I think there's a lot of people who think it's theme for theme's sake, and that actually, if you strip the theme off it, there's not much game at the end. And I think there's a lot of Kickstarter syndrome with it, where it sells a lot more than it perhaps has in the box. In the, mm, the base yeah. game, only has a limited scenario, but it implies in the rule book that it's got the oh, you can do all the campaign stuff, but it's not and that you actually have to buy like four different expansions to get it all. It, it is dripping with theme, and if you love that theme, go for it. It loans the theme really well from the computer games, and then that's what I, that's why I think probably why I love it so much, and because the miniatures are also very good. I believe we're now on the top five. Well, I think we might have to cut it short there and save that for another day. You know, got to keep the viewers wanting more, haven't we? Keep them wanting yeah. more. Before we go, we do have, just food for thought, we can finish on the comments from the Discord. We have a couple of people. Pete has only gave us his top five. Number five is Horrified. Cop game against classic Hammer horror era monsters, Frankenstein, Dracula, that kind of thing. I've played it with Pete, and yes, it was good fun. It was good fun. I don't know if I put it in my top ten, but I've only played it once. Maybe I need to play it a bit more. Number four, he has Space Base. It's an engine builder. Engine builder, dice rolling game, yeah, isn't it? It's pretty good. Number three is One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which we've already covered. Very good. Number two is Forbidden Islands, which we've also kind of covered. And number one is censored that game. It rhymes with Rattlestar Galactica. <laughs> uh, there we go we've got a couple more I could quickly roll through them from uh, Mr Buttons on the Discord server number 10 Burke's Gambit another nice social direction game there yeah uh, always fun 
number nine, Secret Hitler. That's in the same position as me. Number eight, Horrified. I'm not a fan of Horrified there. Number seven, Dice Forge. I haven't played that. I have not played, but I have heard good things about it. I do like the look of it, though. Number six, Rhino Hero. Again, I haven't played that one. Uh, number five, I have I've heard of this one. Yep, the Quacks of Quedlinburg. I'll let you read the next one, George, just in case people get fed up in my voice. So it's number four, we're in Red Dragon Inn. Yeah. Again, I, I love the theme idea of this game. I need to play it. It's basically set after the adventurers return from the looting, some kind of underground treasure dungeon kind of thing. And it's set in the pub and you're just trying to get the other players more drunk than you so you can take all the loot. I think that's the premise. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so top three, we've got Hero Quest. The classic. Galaxy Trucker. I must confess, don't know anything about that one. That's it's it's fun. It's very chaotic. You basically have a bunch of tiles, and you they're all face down, and you have to kind of grab them and try and build the best ship you can in a very limited amount of time. They're all like bits of engines or pipes or thrusters, that kind of thing. As he mentions it, the the amount of, considering the amount of time and love he he spent building our version of the. Uh, TTS mod for it, and the amount of custom characters that we've built for it. Yeah, it had to be the beep, 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 Again. Should we just rename the podcast to the show? I feel like we need to. No. I'll propose it to the group, see what people like. We have one more list from Craig Lighthouse on our Discord server. Who wants to read that one? Yeah, Craig has gone for quite a good list as well. At number five, Gate. This is not one I've played. Uh, So it's a very interesting choice, Craig. I think you've got to have to help me play that one. Number four, Tinhelm. Number three, Scorer. Number two, I so want to play this. I've heard amazing things about it. Escape the Dark Sector. It looks awesome. That looks pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, I see. It was getting a lot of attention at the Expo last year. Yeah, it was, yeah. Not really surprising after the amount of success they had with his number one on the list of the Escape the Dark Castle. Yeah, and all the expansions. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you for your Uh, contributions, guys. That's brilliant. All the involvement on the Discord server is wonderful. We're seeing more and more use of it all the time. So don't forget, guys, that if you are wanting to get more involved with us at Daryl Lincoln Geek, then you'll, of course, jump on that Discord server and get involved. I feel like this is a natural point to pause. We'll do the top five. I'm sure everyone is on the edge of their seats waiting to find out, but that will be for another day. And, of course, if you want to find out anything Daryl Lincoln Geek, do make sure you check out our website, doalg.co.uk. Okay, until next time, get your geek on. See you later. Geek game. Bye. Bye.